Hey guys, welcome back to Profitable Property Management. Today I'm talking to Lior Abramovich from Blanket Homes about some new tech that they've got popping to solve for a very old problem of what do you do with churn? How do you combat it? Do you just let money walk out the door? Do you capture commission on the way out? Or can you keep properties in your portfolio to maintain future profits? That's what this guy and his team is solving for. This is brand new tech, literally came on the market with a public launch as of today. So I think you're gonna find this stuff interesting. This guy's an interesting cat, check it out. Welcome to another episode of the Profitable Property Management Podcast. Today, I've got Lior Abramovich from Blanket Homes on the show. Lior, good to have you here, brother. Good to, good to be here. Very, very excited. Yeah, man. I'm excited to hear a little bit about your story, your journey, the product. I had observed, I'd seen your name before. I'd see, seen you doing a stealth startup thing. And be honest with you, bro, when I see stealth startup, I kind of think, this might be some bullshit. You don't really know where it's, where it's going to go. For you sure. have no idea where it's going to go. You know, it could be a lot of self-aggrandizement. Come to find out it's another worthless app. Exactly. What you're doing is of interest to me. I really don't know much about it. But what I immediately saw was that you were on a problem space that is of interest to me. Can you talk a little bit about the problem space that you're solving for? Sure, sure. Um, I actually came across this problem way, way, I uh, think about six or seven years ago. I've been in the SFR space for about a decade. And I worked a lot with property managers. They were always sort of like my center of knowledge, my boots on the ground, because I was working from Israel. I was working for a built to rent company that was doing a lot of built to rent in the States. And the property managers were always sort of like the source of everything for us. They were our closest partners. And the talks were always about profitability. And so like that was the biggest issue and how do we make ourselves more efficient and, and grow our company to be profitable. But there was one sort of like problem that I sort of like was hearing sometimes little drips of, of sort of like uh, uh, um, reminders of this problem, which is churn, owner churn. And when I asked like how big was this problem, like what what is churn that you that you are experiencing? And when I heard the number, which is like for some of, of our partners, which is thirty percent or thirty five percent, I said, wait, seriously, you're losing thirty five percent of your properties every year, meaning you're losing thirty five percent of your revenues every year. I was I was just shocked, and then I asked. Okay, so what's the main reason for it? The main reason was owner sales. And then the follow-up question was, wait, but don't you have a broker's license? Don't you have a real estate license? Yes, but we are not doing sales. I said, why? Like, there's a so, such a simple solution. Just stay on top of mind with your investors. Let them know that you can help them uh, with the sales process when they want to sell. Just capture that and sell it to your own network. Just sell it to your own network and keep the management. That's it. Problem solved. And, and I was shocked by how many property managers didn't have, first of all, the ability because setting up a brokerage operation, if you don't have any, requires more team members setting up. A, it's a new company. It's a new business. And not necessarily you have the bandwidth to set it up. So I saw how the need was so strong, but there was not the ability to do it. And I became obsessed with that issue. And I, and I, so I kept learning the issue. And I kept seeing that this problem wasn't just local one of some of the property managers that I worked with. This was across the board. Maybe you had some like the top performers that were somewhere in the ballpark of like 15 or 20%. 
but everybody was experiencing churn and nobody was talking about it. Nobody was talking about it. And I was just shocked. And then I understood how much, like how little knowledge there is about the, the problem and ways to tackle it. So that's how we sort of like got started. That's how I got passionate about the problem to really try to help my friends first. And there are a couple of uh, brilliant minds in the industry that I got inspiration for the, the solution itself on how to tackle that problem. Uh, a good example, a good friend of mine, Brian Jenkins from Pure, uh, that was previously at AHI. So he was working with that built trend company that I was working with mm -hmm. uh, from Israel, uh, one of my closest friends. And he was doing that in his company. He was making those transactions internally and providing that additional knowledge and staying on top of mind with his investors. And he used to like really give me that inspiration to say, okay, it's possible. It's not something that it, that can be done. And that's how we sort of like got into this problem realm and, and try to try to tackle it and help property managers. What I find interesting about this problem space is that it's fairly obvious. It's yep. a known problem, churn's a big issue, and yet there hasn't been a consistently great solution. The idea of double ending deals, do a brokerage, pass within your portfolio, that's come up, heard that talked about a number of times, and yet I haven't seen as much effectiveness as I would have thought that there there is. I think in part it's because of what you highlighted. It's a different business, the operational mechanics. The operational mechanics are not hard in and of themselves, but they're different than the day-to-day -day mechanics of running a PM shop in the same way that running an HOA company doesn't seem that hard. But it's different enough that a number of PM operators have tried to get into it and just realized it's a lot different than the day-to-day -day flow. And so it becomes a potential idea, but also a distraction, which means it's not done at the level of intensity and effectiveness. What makes this solution different? How much effort am I exerting to harvest benefit partnering with Blanket? Good question. I'll, I'll, I'll refer to that in, a, in an interesting remark that Kelly Segreto made yesterday in our panel. We talked about owner churn and, and so like how to tackle it. And she said the psychology and sort of like the, the approach to uh, property management and sales is completely different. Property management is long-term. You're building those relationships. You, you, you're so like keeping that going. And in sales, it's short-term. It's a different type of salespeople. So like the sales approach is completely different. And as you said, it's a, it's, it's a different type of business. It's a different type of mentality. And doing sales with people that are very so like strong on building those relationships and keeping them long-term, it's a little bit different. So doing that with the same team that you already have today might be a challenge. And this is why uh, many property managers so like encountered that challenge. And we understood that. We actually started uh, at the beginning uh, with so like the approach of, of saying, let's just provide a platform and give the property managers the ability to do that themselves. But we saw that a lot of them really don't have either the time, don't have either the team to, to so like take care of that. And this is where we understood that we need to so like step in and be the brokers for them, especially for the property managers that don't have a brokerage license or don't have a brokerage operation set up. So for them having that technology without so like the people to help them make it, it was like, okay, we, we don't have a lot of uh, uh, reason to, or, or ability to take care of that or time or the bandwidth. Um, so I, I would definitely say that for us, the way we approach it is by saying, hey, we have the technology, we have the people to support your growth. You can now keep doing what you're doing best. Keep doing what you love doing, which is property management, keeping those relationships. And what we want to try to do is not only tackle that sort of like sales problem, because as you said, many people talked about it. Many, many people said that 
you can provide that service and at the end of the day but how do you keep your owners uh, uh, always in the know that you are providing that how do you how do you come up as the first thought in their mind when they are thinking of selling or when they are thinking of buying we're not just doing the sales so like inside your own network well helping your owners to also buy more properties so the platform is enabling that because we have the marketplace which enables that ability to just list your property for sale to all of your to all of the other owners in that property manager's uh, client database but we're also pushing a lot of inventory into that platform in the property manager's area so all of market of course so uh, properties from wholesalers turnkey providers home builders so that way the owners have the ability to sell that property that they want to sell quickly but they can buy more and think of it as uh I always try to uh, look at churn as like a bottle of water and that bottle of water, let's say we have a task to keep the same level of water at all times, but there is a leak. So there are two ways to keep that same level of water at the bottle. You can either close the leak or you can always keep pouring more water. So we're doing both. We're closing the leak by enabling those cells inside your own network in the platform seamlessly. You don't even have to do it. Nothing as a property manager, the platform does it for you sending out emails, sending out notifications, providing that sort of like engagement with the owners. But we're also pouring sort of like more water by enabling the owners to buy more properties and increase their portfolio. So that's sort of like the main thing when, I, when I'm looking at how to approach th- this problem. But the other thing, which is something that we can't leave beside, is the, the, the experience. And this is the big one. So owners can either leave you as, a property, as their property manager by selling their property, or just by living for the competition or for any reason, because they are not satisfied or they don't have a good experience. And I think one of the biggest reasons for that, for that second reason for the churn is really what am I getting as an owner from a property manager? And when we look at the past decade, we look at all the sort of like innovation that happened in the, in the space. Most of these solutions that were formed were tenant focused solutions. Look at what happened to owner focused solutions, none literally none we're getting the same owner statements that we've been getting 10 years ago there is no real-time reporting across our our properties we don't know what's the value of our properties we have to pick up the phone call we have to ask our property manager maybe he knows an agent that can connect us and like help us understand that and i'm asking why like why in two in 2023 can't we have that digital experience understanding in real time what's happening with my properties so that's where our second part of the platform kicks into play besides the marketplace which is the investor dashboard. Our investor dashboard gives the owners real-time reporting across their portfolio, gives them the values, gives them the understanding. It even helps them a little bit with the education, educational part to the extent that landlords that might not know even what's cap rate, what's cash on cash, or like how to, what's the value. So these two parts work and work together. So they are hooked, they're engaged, they, they get a great experience, a digital experience across all of their portfolio. And when they want to sell, it's top of mind. They immediately know that I have the ability to sell, I have the ability to buy, and I have the ability to do a lot of other things in our platform. I can refinance and cash out and buy more properties. I can renew my insurance and maybe optimize it because we're working with also all the owner-related services as well in our platform with integrations. We have integrations to insurance providers, lenders, 1031 exchange. So pretty much giving that whole realm of, of services and capabilities that owners look for that way you can solve that problem by not having any involvement on the property manager's side because the platform and our team is just doing that for you. 
Turnkey outcome. That's what I'm hearing. Yes. Turnkey outcome is great. There's always something more, you know, there's turnkey and then there's turnkey. What is the actual effort on behalf of the PM, the lazy, busy PM that just doesn't have time for another thing? They want an outcome. They don't want a bunch of onboarding homework. What do they actually have to do to get this set up? Um, 15 minutes of onboarding. That's pretty much it because we're doing all that. So like integration, we integrate with the property management software and we're creating this whole thing for them. No manual data entry, no manual input. This whole thing is set up really in 15 minutes. And afterwards, it's mainly just um, in any way they can communicate that. Because what we're doing also to alleviate the, the need of, of putting a lot of work into it is we're also uh, sending out the email communications on the property manager's behalf to the owners. So we're sending uh, emails like, for example, their monthly report, uh, an educational newsletter to provide some real estate investing basics. Uh, uh, we're sending out emails that give them the value of their portfolio and how much it increased in the last month. So we're really taking that part as well. But in any, for example, situation that an owner picks up the phone call and so like asks a question, I would say the main effort is just to let them know, hey, you didn't log into the, to the to the platform yet. So just do that. I would say that's the main effort on, on the property manager side because we're just doing pretty much the whole thing in terms of communications the transactions themselves. And if the property manager does have a brokerage operation in place and he wants to keep doing the transactions, so that will be the active part on their behalf. So they would be representing either the buyer, either the seller, and we would be doing the transaction management for them. So the only active part is if they choose to be active in the transactions. If they don't and they want us to do everything, so we're pretty much doing everything for them. Now, how am I as the PM owner getting paid here? Let's talk some dollars and cents. Good question. Um, so first of all, the whole value proposition is to help the owners grow their portfolio to retain and yeah, exactly to retain and grow their portfolio with more properties that they're buying. So the value proposition is first, you're getting more properties under your management and you're not losing any more properties. So that's number one. But besides that, the platform is free. We're not charging anything in monthly fees, no subscription fees, no setup costs, nothing. Our business model is uh, the brokerage fees. We are the brokers when there is no brokerage operation in place. And when there is, we're charging a small marketplace fee for the transaction management. So for the property manager, the ability to scale up even further, even if they have a brokerage operation in place, really makes this thing very, very exciting because they, they can now finally grow their portfolio and stop the loss of doors. So that's the big value proposition for them. So as a PM, am I getting a taste of the brokerage transaction revenue or no? If you are the broker in the transaction, yes, you are getting the commission. We are just taking a small marketplace fee for the transaction management. So even even if you're doing the transaction, now we're really doing the, all the heavy lifting, all the coordination. We have the integrations to the lenders, to the insurance providers, et cetera. So we're taking all that work from you and you are really focusing on so like the compliance and the relationship with the buyer or the seller. So even that way, we're taking probably a little bit more of, of the time that you are investing today. What about the listings and the listing sources? Is this off market or is this, oh, this is off market? Completely off market. Got it. So the other inventory that is also in the app, is it is it all off market? Correct. What we're doing is we have a very smart system that takes a lot of uh, uh, inventory from our inventory partners, which include wholesalers, junkie providers, and home builders. And we match that to the zip codes that you're operating in because we know where you're operating. And then we push all the inventory from our inventory network 
into your platforms for your all of your owners to see because the platform is closed. Only your owners have access to it. Or, by the way, this is another very exciting thing, or any people that you invite to the platform. Um, so all that inventory is pushed into the platform. They can see that, but that's only off-market. Only off-market and uh, the whole purpose of it that anytime an owner buys another property, because it's in your area of operation, you get to keep management. Now, how are you surfacing the deals in the first place? How are you pulling the deals out of the existing portfolio aside from a straight up cancellation notice? In terms of the owner properties? Correct, yeah. So the we, we are integrating with the property management software. So we have already all the data. Uh, and that way we are able to create those. So like we have all the properties and the database. Our systems are also working with a lot of data providers like House Canary, CoreLogic, the large data providers that give us the ability to enrich those listings, create the performer, create the forecast, the cash flow forecast, and all the other data points that we need. And that way, whenever an owner wants to sell, all he has to do is just click sell, and the listing is created like this. We verify the listing, of course, with the property manager, but it's generated automatically. That's what I'm asking about is how do you know when they want to sell? Is there a prompt? How do you... Oh, so that's, I think, the biggest question. How do we... Uh, um, recognize or identify the intent to sell because i think the biggest opportunity here is how we can really understand before it happens mm -hmm. that's that's the biggest i would say opportunity and there are many 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 data points that can start sort of like uh, um um insinuate on on the intent uh for example large maintenance costs that started so like to pick up uh um maybe um that specific owner has seen a large increase in his property uh, value. So he's already maybe thinking about it. Uh, so there are many data points that we are tracking that give us like the ability to identify who is a potential seller and also who is a potential buyer because the interactions they also have with the platform show us whether they are doing actions that sort of like uh, uh, um, put a flashlight on their intent. So if they, for example, create a buy box in our platform and they say, I'm looking for properties in this price range and in these areas, so already know they have that thought in mind that they want to buy. And if they want to sell, for example, they can uh, uh, click on refinance or get a quote for uh, refinance cash out. That's one of the biggest uh, indicators of I want to probably sell or just refinance. So we track all these data points and we have the ability to see who is a potential seller, who is a potential buyer. And that way we're trying to really use the communications part, the emails, et cetera, and the notifications on the platform so like give them the the information and everything they need to understand that when they're ready, we're here. And if they want to sell, we're here. If they want to buy, we're here. We have at each point in time, someone that they can talk to and help and help them through the journey, understand what they should buy or how they should sell, et cetera. So it's really staying on top of mind and tracking all those indicators that can uh, uh, forecast on the intent to sell or to buy. And what can you tell me about the impact that you've seen this have on churn and companies that you've worked with thus far? So um, we've actually started our, our, I would say, our whole operation about several months ago. So we're really in, in, in the beginning, but we have a very impressive sort of beta group that was operating so far. So for one of our property managers, we facilitated five transactions in, in two months. and Internal. Internal. Stayed yes. in the portfolio. Yes. Uh, and, and what we are now trying to do is really to not only create those transactions and do these like actions to help them, but actually give them analytics and understanding on what's their churn rate. And so like, what's the, what's the improvement trend? And we still are in the beginning of the, the process, but we already see that 
especially for the smaller and medium-sized property managers, the impact is 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 very big, because one transaction or or, or like one commission from uh, a property, especially if they are doing the transactions, can be like three or four times the annual revenue from the the, the management revenue. So the impact is big not only by keeping that property under management, but also you're literally increasing, doubling, tripling your revenue from that. So it's still early to say, but we are seeing a lot, a lot of excitement from from our, our partners and and just the 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 feedback from the owners themselves that that are raving about the platform. So this is, I think, already the biggest win. But we are still uh, uh, early in the stage to show exactly the numbers and how it impacts, how it increases the profitability, how it increases your revenue. Uh, but we're definitely excited for for what's to come. If you were advocating for and speaking behalf of the PM owner to their investor client that may be asking the question, why shouldn't I be putting this on the MLS? Why shouldn't I be doing this as a free market listing? What would you say? Good question. So normally what happens with investors is uh, um, the need to sell when there is a tenant inside. So then the situation is is getting a little bit uh, tricky because in many times investors don't want, so like to get in a situation where the tenant might start to understand that the property is going to be sold and then there might be issues. We heard some like very interesting stories, I would say, about tenants that are making challenges and, and creating uh, uh, um, so like difficulties when they understand the property is going to be sold. Uh, um, not so like answering, we had one situation of that, that, uh, um, that we heard about that they sort of like didn't, they raised a lot of challenges when they, they there were some showings or, or inspections coming in. So the biggest thing when we when when you try or you're going to put the property on the MLS, you're going to have to do showings. So that already creates some kind of a challenge in, in that sort. But the main, 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 I would say, reason for not putting it on the MLS is because the pool of investors, especially if you want to sell the property as is, and, and, and do not want to put the additional money or, or time or work to make the property ready for like a home buyer to live in it uh, and just want to sell it to an investor. So investors don't go to the MLS. Investors search for off-market properties. Tell an investor that you have an off-market property, that's it, I'm interested. Like even before we're seeing the numbers, I want, I'm in, I, I, want to, I want to learn more. So in terms of what we are selling and how we're selling that, if, especially if it's a property with a tenant inside, off-market is always sort of like the, the best choice, especially if you have a large network and, and a large pool of buyers that are exactly uh, uh, looking for that. Uh, so that's number one. But they're always sort of like the, the the thought that says, hey, if I'm not putting the property on the MLS, I'm getting less views. I'm getting sort of like less exposure. But but that's that's the issue. The, the, the more investors, the quicker the sale, the more the more easier the sale. No showings normally especially if it's an out-of-state investor or a foreign investor. So the sale can be done very quickly. Maybe you need the money or, or for whichever reason, but the sale will be done way quicker, way easier, and, and, and without any big challenge. But we can't really force anybody. By law, you, you're not allowed. So we're always communicating that to the investor. So if the investor still wants to list the property on the MLS, we'll do that. So like we'll make sure that it happens as well. But for the property manager also, we're managing this communication together with the property manager, especially if the property manager is the, is the broker on the transaction. And, and that's communicated to the owner. And hopefully that owner can decide 
for example, even if they want to put the property on the MLS, they can test the waters in the platform. The, the platform is off market, so days on market are not counted, so they can enjoy both worlds. They can put the property on the, the platform for, let's say, 30 days, see what offers are coming in, and let's say they didn't get a good offer. They didn't like the offer. So in that case, after those 30 days, they can put the property on the MLS without select 30 days that have, like in terms of days on market that were counted, the property is now fresh on the market. So there is no uh, uh, worries about why the property wasn't sold in the last 30 days. So th there is sort of like a solution for each type of, uh, uh, I would say, objection when it comes to whether or not to put the property on the MLS. But at the end of the day, it's the, the owner's decision. And we have to comply with that. We have to communicate the different uh, uh, pros and cons and work based on that with, with the owner. The only thing better than an off-market deal is an off-market deal with historical data on the performance of the property. How are you leveraging that data to show people the thing that they're buying and in all the gory detail that the PM already has? Great question. So I think one of the things that I'm really excited about as well in our platform, this is something I always used offline, not as a part of a technology platform, but I, every time I sold a property or helped uh, uh, one of my investors sell a property, um, is taking the rent roll, taking the history of the property, creating that performance, showing the actual details. So I would do that with an Excel spreadsheet years ago, and so like show that to the potential buyers. And today we have that in the platform. So the, when the properties are listed on the platform, they already have the actual data. It's not a projection, it's not an estimation. You see exactly, if you're the buyer looking for that property, you are seeing exactly what you're buying into. You see the expenses, you see the actual rent, and you also see the market rent. You can also see if there's a potential upside to that. So you know, you know what you're buying into, but besides that, we provide a lot of other details, market details. So you can see what's the school ratings in the area. You cannot assess the risk a bit more than just the sort of like the financial numbers, but you, you are on point. The, the most important thing is utilizing that advantage that the property manager has, which is the data. Property managers have a super strength, a superpower, which is the data. And if we can take that data and really put it to use, that can make the whole process easier for the buyer, for the seller, because there's just transparency. And we all want some transparency, especially when we're buying one of our most uh, um, expensive assets in our life, which is a rental property. So that's definitely put to use in the platform as well. I imagine that you're paying attention to macroeconomic trends that relate to housing right now. What are you seeing? What are you feeling? What are you expecting in the market? Wow, uh, I wish I had a crystal ball uh, that could uh, help me even understand because I'm also investing in rental properties. Uh, I would say there's a lot of uncertainty right now, and I think we're sort of like adapting to a new norm. There are a lot of talks on whether the interest rates will go back down or no, but I think it's it's safe to say that it will probably last for a bit longer. It's not going to change in the next couple of months, and I think the the the, the faster we'll understand that this is sort of like the new norm right now the better we'll be able to act because for rental and for real estate investors, this current situation is actually uh, uh, a very good one, I would say. There are a lot of uh, um, institutional buyers that have also halted a bit their, their acquisitions. So there's a little bit more uh, power to the mom and pop investors, more opportunities for them, um, especially for the ones who are buying with cash because that way they're not even affected by the interest rates right now. If, if they have enough money to buy properties with cash, they can get access to great opportunities that they probably wouldn't have found a couple of years ago where everybody was just on a buying spree. So I think that actually the market right now is very interesting and, and, and opportunistic for the people who can buy more properties. 
but the problem is inventory. People are are still sitting on 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 mortgages with like two point seventy five percent interest rates or three percent interest rates. Nobody wants to lose that. So I think the biggest biggest challenge, also for us by the way, is really getting the right inventory and the right opportunities in front of buyers. And if we also take that understanding into sort of like how it's going to affect property managers. I think this is going to be one of the most interesting times in history for property managers specifically because all those homeowners that have a mortgage, which is is a mortgage nobody is going to so like uh, 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 say goodbye to in the in the next couple of years, uh, they would probably have to move, relocate uh, uh, because they're switching jobs or whatever, and they're not going to lose that property. And we're talking about a huge wave, which which I think is going to happen a huge wave of accidental landlords that sort of like got into holding a rental property without necessarily the intent or, or so like uh, the want to do that. And I think this is going to be a great, great opportunity for property managers to uh, um, provide that service, provide that ability to uh, not be stressed about holding another rental property because they don't want to say goodbye to that mortgage. Um, so I think it's actually a good uh, time for real estate investors, a good time for property managers uh, if they don't need to use financing for any of their uh, acquisitions. Uh, so I, I think this is a, a very interesting time for anybody that, that has access to inventory, uh, for anybody that can uh, buy with cash, and for property managers that have investors who are active and have access to uh, uh, the community and good relationships with sort of like the local market to be top of mind of like potential accidental landlords that are going to uh, um, uh, to appear soon. Um, so I, I would definitely say this is a, a very very good time to be it. But what would happen in the next several years? I wish I wish I would I would have known. If you if you you would have asked me like two years ago, or even like three years ago in 2019 or 2020 uh, that we're going to have COVID and interest rates are going to go so high, I would have said like we're crazy, not going to happen. But look at where we are. The market like flipped in a second. So it's tough to say, but I'm definitely optimistic about the SFR space. I'm definitely optimistic about the real estate space and specifically for property management uh, in residential uh, real estate as well. I'm confident this is a good, it's a good time to be in residential property management. You mentioned previously the two models of either me being the broker handling the transaction versus Blanket doing so. If I'm the broker handling the transaction, what am I doing? What are you doing? So if you are the broker handling the transaction, so you would be, let's start from the like the first step. The platform would match the buyer and the seller. So like it would give you that uh, uh, transaction ready to uh, so like with the first step, which is signing the, the representation agreement for the buyer, signing the listing agreement. And from that moment on, the platform would also automate that. So. In the onboarding, what we'll do if you are the broker on the transactions, we'll get all the uh, uh, legal agreements, we'll select, set them up in the platform so they will be able to sign them digitally through the DocuSign integration. Uh, um, and that way, once we have that ready, then the documents are signed. So you'll be there as a broker to really help them with either the offer, pro uh, the offer uh, or the asking price if it's the seller. And from that moment on, we'll take all the, all the work from there from in terms of coordination and transaction management. So... We have the ability to give the buyer uh, almost instant uh, uh, quotes for for financing, so they can get approval uh, pre-approval within 
between two to 24 hours, depending on, on, on the vendor that we work with. Uh, they can get the insurance quote immediately. Also, we're working with insurance providers. They can schedule an inspection. And this whole thing is done uh, uh, through us. So we're taking care of that. We're updating you as a broker on every step that's happening. And you are just making sure that everything sort of like is, is, is going fine. Uh, and once we're getting to closing, so of course, you're representing the buyer or the seller and the transaction is done. And we are also working right now on setting up the whole title and escrow and the closing process inside the platform. So it will be a closed system for the entire transaction done completely online. And that's hopefully will be rolled out in the next couple of months. Uh, so that way you'll have full transparency. You'll get instant notifications about anything that happens. So I would say the main responsibility would be to stay on top of mind, make sure that everything is happening uh, 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 safely and quickly when we do so like the whole transaction management and the whole coordination for you. Let's talk a little bit about your background. What did you do previously and what qualifies you to be doing what you're doing now? Uh, wow. Okay. I started actually as a real estate investor and that, that was thanks to my mom. My mom was a big inspiration for me. Um, we came to, well, I was born in Israel, but my family came to Israel from Ukraine. Uh, so we were sort of like, uh, immigrants and my mom didn't know the language, uh, uh, started working two, three jobs. So like to, to get by and time passed and she did some very, very wise decisions when it comes to real estate. And I remember when I was about uh, 13, she gave me the, uh, rich dad, poor dad book by Robert Kiyosaki. And I remember I just was reading that and I said, wow, this is interesting. There's an ability to uh, um, build a real estate portfolio that generates money for you without the need to work or without the need to put in time. Very innocent thought. And this will spark the, the first, uh, I would say, enthusiasm about real estate. And then when I saw how my mom uh, 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 did the right decisions and was able to amass a quite nice portfolio with a minimum wage and, and with not a lot of ability, but still was able to really set that safe financial future for her and for her family that really got me inspired. And at the age of 18, I finally bought my first rental property. Uh, I bought it in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, bought it from Israel. So it was quite frightening to say that least. Seen. Sight unseen, having to trust someone I didn't know. Um, it, it, it was scary. It was scary. I've done some scary stuff in my life. I served for about and have eight and a half years in the Israeli Navy. Um, but this was the scariest thing that I've ever done by far. But looking backwards, the best decision I've ever made. Uh, so I bought that property. I remember uh, I saved some money from before that. I worked and also during school. Um, and that was the first step that really got me excited. I saw, okay, this works. This is, this is something that I definitely want to keep doing. So at the age of 18, I also started my active duty service in the Israeli Navy. Uh, I was in the Naval Academy and served for about eight and a half years as a Naval Commander and Executive Officer of the Israeli Naval Academy. Uh, but I kept doing real estate throughout the time and helped a lot of my fellow Naval officers to buy real estate in the States as well. Um, and right after I finished back to do the service, I started working for uh, a private U.S. real estate investment firm that was focused on build to rent. Uh, was actually founded by three Israeli uh, partners, three Israeli founders that were, became my mentors. Um, I started there as their head of acquisitions um, and oversaw about $150 million worth of acquisitions, specifically single-family rental properties, new construction, cross the Sun Belt, 
Uh, there are a couple of interesting projects as well in Europe, etc. But the main focus was always SFR built to rent. And after a couple of years, I was promoted to vice president of business development. So I started really overseeing our entire operation in the States from our operation with the home builders, whether it will be our uh, general contractors, the home builders themselves, lenders, insurance providers, inspectors, pretty much across, so like the value chain uh, and across the entire uh, uh, real estate transaction from the diligence acquisitions up to this position. Um, had the opportunity to work with foreign investors from across the world, Chinese investors, Russian investors, Canadian investors, Israeli investors, which are the most challenging ones. Um, and I was always sort of like on that uh, intersection between the investors, especially because they were foreign, and the property managers, which are, were our main and closest partners that were pretty much helping us succeed as, as, as a company, as a uh, built-to-rent operator. And I was there for about three and a half years, and I remember that I was doing all this and so like getting so frustrated that the whole real estate transaction is so complicated and so uh, uh, offline and, and, and there were so many things that we could have done with technology, even simple technology. And I'm, I'm not talking about like setting up uh, a startup company, just automating stuff, creating workflow automations. So even using a, uh, a CRM software that we used back then, which was a uh, hotspot. Uh, so I remember we did some like, I did some automations there, sequences, and helped uh, uh, streamline some of the processes, sending out notifications whenever uh, each milestone in the transaction is going through. And it has such a big impact on the company. It, it improved so many processes. So I said, why don't I take that passion that I have for real estate and this great thing that is called technology that can improve all of our lives, improve the experience for all of us, and really help make real estate more accessible to everyone. Um, and that was the point that I said, okay, it's time for a new adventure. So um, I decided to move to Canada, to Toronto, to set up a similar company, but with a little bit more technology to it and started selling new construction properties to uh, real estate investors from Canada, new construction properties in the States. Uh, so I worked with a lot of some of the largest home builders uh, back then. And that was right before COVID, about, so about a year. And when it was my business, Finally, I became much more aware of so like the challenges that my property managers that I worked with were having. So th this was exactly the time uh, when I started understanding so like about the whole issue of churn that we talked about in the beginning. And when I saw that, I said, okay, there is the ability to create that solution around real estate transactions, around brokerage, around communications with investors that this, would, this was what I've been doing for the past decade. And I said, why not take that knowledge and that was also following up that conversation with Brian Jenkins, said, why not take that and, and, and bring it to property managers and help build that ecosystem that they already built, but it's just not online. Give the, give the, so like the ability to, to use this network that was built with the owners that you have, with the clients that you have, with the, with the, the, the data that you have, with the agents that you're already working with. And so like put it to use. And that's how, how this whole thing started for me, just thinking about the, the next step, which was uh, Blanket. And then when I decided, okay, it's time, I came back to Israel. I partnered up with my uh, partner uh, and co-founder, which is the CTO of the company. He's a smart guy in the bunch. I would say I'm just I'm just the talking head on Zoom. Uh, and we started sort of like building Blanket from, from the start, really going through the whole lean startup type of strategy, validating the problem, 
speaking with so many property managers in the space, understanding how they see the solution, how they see this thing happening and really providing value to them. And speaking with all of my past clients, all the investors, over a thousand investors, understanding what they expect from so like this type of solution, because all of them saw their property managers as the source, uh, the source for data, the source for, for, uh, for the transactions themselves, because who knows better than the property manager where to buy a, a rental property, which type of property to buy, uh, what are the rental rates, where are the best tenants, in which community I will lease the property and rent it the fastest from all of the other markets that I know. Why not take that data and sort of like use it to, to your benefit as, as a real estate investor? So that's how we sort of like started Blanket. And another thing that's really important to me, I'm, I'm from a very young age, I'm, I'm trying to give back to the community and I try, I'm trying actually to do it through real estate. So uh, um, I co-founded five years ago, a nonprofit organization in Israel that renovates homes of senior citizens in need and Holocaust survivors. Uh, so we're trying to do some good with real estate as well and not just business. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit about me. Every founder has a hard skill, the specific thing that they're really good at. And it tends to be a specific thing, sales, marketing, finance, product, development. Mine happens to be marketing. What's your hard skill? I'll definitely say sales and, and, and relationships. Relationship is is big. I think relate, and again, sales is relationships. Of course. Um, I can say that some of my best uh, um, sales meetings were meetings where we never even talked about the transaction itself, where we just talked about each one, got to know each other. Um, and I think really being a person with a lot of empathy and a lot of uh, patience and true want to understand what the other side is so like going through or what the other side wants and needs, I think that's the key to sales. And, and I really love people. And you see me, I'm, I'm a smiley face. I'm always smiling. I'm, I'm, um, my wife always says that I'm like the most optimistic person in the world, which is the thing it's I need for to, a founder. Yes. Uh, but we need to watch out because the, you have to have some, uh, um, you know, skepticism. So like be, be aware of what's happening. So um, I definitely think that uh, sales would be my my, my forte uh, because I just I just love building relationships. I think it's uh, if you want to succeed, you, you have to be uh, um, positive and sort of like uh, um, passionate about forming relationships because without it, even if you're super smart or you're even good with real estate transactions even real estate transactions that are so like short term, you still have to build that relationship. Uh, so I definitely would say that sales and, and relationships is the strength. I enjoy talking to founders specifically in this convergence between, let's say just prop tech in general. Right now, there's a lot going on in the space. It's a challenging time to do fundraising. Chasing product market fit is never easy. And there's a long list of companies that have come into the prop tech space and simply haven't made it. When you self-reflect and you evaluate, you talk to investors, what's the most likely thing to go wrong here? What are the big risks you're up against? If we do a pre-mortem, if this thing was going to fail, blow up, not going to work out, what would it be? What are the biggest challenges and risks? The current market environment is really challenging for, for founders, but I think 
and I had this conversation a couple of uh, days ago also with a good friend of mine. If you have a big problem that you're solving, um, a problem that has a lot of, um, I would say, validation from the end user and choosing the end user is also the biggest challenge, understanding who that user is. Uh, a lot of companies are building great products and great systems, but they're not targeting the right sort of like user. And, and uh, if they would have changed a little bit to the right, a little bit to the left, they would probably get, get to product market fit. So I think the biggest challenge right now, uh, as always, by the way, but it just amplifies right now because the, the investors are now having a lot more scrutiny and, and, and they are looking way more uh, into the details rather than just hype and growth as it was uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, and they're looking for a sound business model, a predictable sales uh, 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 model. Um, so I would definitely say if I like, would have looked at what are the risks is really understanding the need, understanding the need of our, of our partners, understanding the need of our users. And if we would be able to listen very carefully and, and cater to that product market fit is, is just a matter of time. So I would say definitely that is the biggest risk because now the market is changing. And when the market is changing, people preferences are changing. So I would say that we have to always be super, super uh, aware of what our users are going through, getting that feedback, understanding what so like they're looking for. Uh, has anything changed in their so like preferences, uh, in their plans, for example? There was um, uh, the building report, the annual building report several years ago that said that 50% of owners that were surveyed uh, are planning to sell at least one or two properties in the next two years. And 36% of buy of, of owners said they're planning to buy at least one or two properties in the next two years. That statistic has definitely changed. So I would say the biggest risk is for us not being aware of our customers' needs, of our users' needs uh, um, in today's market. And if we'll get that right and we'll be able to build uh, um, a company and a product that our partners are raving about and it's providing huge value to them, I would say that even in today's market, you'll be able to raise. And, I'll see, and I see great companies, great companies that are building great products and they just nailed it in terms of understanding their client. And they're still raising pretty good rounds right now, even with great valuations. Uh, of course, there's a little bit, I would say, um, less hype or just, you know, big spending as it was. Mania. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but if you're doing it right, you'll probably be able to to still raise a substantial amount of money to really make the dream a reality if it's just a dream at the beginning. Uh, but you really have to listen to your users, listen to your customers and cater to that. Not just build for the sake of building, build for the sake of needing. Well, you are, I have a little gift for you here. Oh. This is a... Now I feel bad. I didn't prepare myself with a gift. This is a uh, a book from a previous guest that I interviewed that oh. was for you. It's a great book. Yanni. The Go-Giver. And it's all about paying it forward. Can you tell me a little story of somebody who paid it forward to you and invested in your life and in your career? Wow. Okay. For, first of all, I'm super excited for this because Yanni is a great, great friend of ours. And... Uh, he told me I have a surprise for you, but he didn't tell me. So like when and, and, and what it is. Um, now I got to get him a better gift. He raised the bar for sure. 
Um, but in terms of um, somebody that impacted my life and business, um, first of all, my wife. My wife is also a startup founder. Uh, that sounds interesting. <laughs> wow. That a whole lot enters my mind with that thought. Being married to another different startup? Different startup, but also in the prop tech space, in the construction tech space, also a CEO. We actually raised our seed round within uh, uh, within the same month. So Wow, God bless you. Two words. <laughs> a pair. <laughs> It's a it's a crazy. It's I crazy. bet, man. That sounds that sounds like a lot of action, a lot of juice, a high oh, firepower household. Definitely, definitely. It has a lot of pros and cons to it for sure. Uh, but I would definitely say that, first of all, the fact that that she's in my life really uh, changed everything for me because before I met her, I didn't even know what startups are. Like she was the first one that sort of like started the process and and showed me that it's possible. To me, like the whole VC world, the whole startups thing was like, I'm in real estate. I'm doing transactions. That's what I'm doing. I was a real estate guy all my life. I didn't have any relations to technology. And when I saw, so like the whole process and journey that she was going through and, and man, she, she is just wow. Like just wow. She's super talented, super smart, true leader. Like her employees just admire her and I think when I saw that it's possible, just seeing that it's possible really showed me that there is no limit because my time in the Navy really showed me that I'm, there is no challenge that I, that I can't like go and, 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 and solve. Um, but just seeing someone doing that something that you're thinking about sometimes can make all the difference because, um, I know I also give an analogy about that. Like I used to run a lot in the Navy. We, we did a lot of uh, physical training. And I remember that I always said that when I want to really be the first one to win the race, I need to start a little bit slower and see someone who is running faster than me because I can see that I can run faster. I can do that. And this is really a similar thing that happened also uh, with my wife when I saw that that can be done. It, it will be challenging. It would take a lot of sacrifices, which there were, but it definitely showed me that I can do whatever I put my side for. And if I can also do that ethically, and because she's, she's, her values are literally in, in the right place, literally in the right place. And, and I always said, if I can build a business that can provide for uh, the people that I care about, not my, just my family, but our team members, our employees, I always am amazed by the fact that I can say and be proud that we are providing for people, we're providing for families, we're helping families also achieve their dreams. Uh, and, and I think having that sort of like uh, um, understanding that everything is possible with the fact that it's not only a business type of uh, endeavor, there is a lot of, at least on my end, there's a lot of uh, um, values to it, a lot of a lot of giving back, because I think if you can build a business that empowers other people, this is just a matter of time until you succeed. And if you can do that across the board for your internal team, for your customers, for your partners, that's definitely the, just a matter of time. So I would definitely say that the person that really impacted my life is is, is my wife. That sounded really heartfelt, man. That's awesome. Let's end it here. Can you tell me one 
story about something crazy that happened during your time in the Navy? Well, <laughs> there were a lot. I think that not the craziest, but the most impactful uh, story is um, the change that happened in in my in my subordinates in my uh, active duty sol- soldiers. Being in the Navy is, is is tough. Like you don't see home for a long, long time. You can't even contact your family for a long, long time, and it's challenging. Really, really challenging. And I think the crazy change and and the the the, the crazy impact that. I was fortunate to really help my soldiers and my team members to go through was by far the craziest. Like you, you get a kid that is 18 years old that didn't even clean his room uh, until a couple of weeks ago, becoming uh, uh, maybe petty officer or promoted and, and is literally managing operations, life-threatening operations and growing up to be this man and and this this amazing character that impacts other people's lives as well and seeing after they finish their active duty service and they go and and support their family because some of my 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 soldiers came from really tough backgrounds like literally when there was almost no food on the table and i remember that i kept a very close connection with their parents as well i sometimes would drive on on fridays uh in in israel we have shabbat shabbat is like the most sacred day and and even if you don't have a lot, it's always in, Ju- in Judaism, you, it, it's always important, at least for Shabbat, even if you don't have a lot to have a respect, sort of like uh, uh, um, an impressive dinner, you have to respect the Shabbat. So I remember I would even bring food and so like help uh, my team members. And then after they finished the, the service, they started making like, when if I'll compare that and, and convert it into dollars. So they started making like, Five thousand to seven thousand dollars a month, helping their families finally, and, and so like really just by getting those values that we've been able to build in our small unit, in our small department, in our small uh, navy warship. So I would definitely say the craziest thing that I saw is that is that change, that change from a young kid to a man that is supporting his family, that is helping other people, and is leading now other people. So like the same as as they so like uh, saw as a first example from what they experienced in, in the army. So definitely that change is the craziest thing that I've saw because there were a lot of other crazy operational stuff but, that I can't talk about, but seeing that change in, in, a, in a person, in a character and how they were empowered is just, I wish I could have done that more. This is a great cheer, man. I'm excited to see where your journey goes. I'm rooting for you. I think this idea has legs and merit and I'm wishing you the best kicking off this journey here in this space. Appreciate it, Jordan. Thank you for the opportunity. Until next time. Will do. Peace. That's it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. You can check out other episodes along the way. If you're watching this on YouTube, appreciate to subscribe. Any comments, I'm always here to engage. If you're listening on an audio platform, we'd really appreciate a review. It's a great way to help other people find out about the show.